Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favorite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Um, you know The Hunger Games? And yeah. how I do know The, the Hunger cat- Games. I've heard of it. Yeah, you do know yeah. <laughs> that little, that little. Essentially, what the Dursleys do to him is not parenting, it's child abuse. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, mansplaining a bit to you now, Nia. It's fine. Uh, where... <laughs> it might be familiar to you. <laughs> Not as fun, though, is it? <laughs> it's tragic, isn't it? Boring. Super depressing. <laughs> it isn't Neville. It's just not. It's never going to be him. Yeah, Neville. Just, she shouldn't have done that. Stop trying to make Neville happen. <laughs> yeah. What are we doing? Enemies to lovers. Yeah, this one's a lot. Um, there's probably going to be a lot of crossover with other episodes, but that's fine because, um, well, we could, we could go down so many different roads with this one. Enemies to lovers. Um, goodness, we love treading that fine line between love and hate. We're talking Beauty and the Beast, Romeo and Juliet, Princess Diaries 2, uh, and about half of the rom-coms that came out in the early 90s and the early <laughs> 2000s, I think. Jared Butler did a ton of these. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's, let's, let's throw it over to Naomi to start off with. Um, enemies to lovers. First thoughts. Uh, enemies to lovers. I love it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite tropes to read. I absolutely adore it. Um, although I do find it difficult to write. Um, mm, I've written oh, really? it. Yeah, I've written it once. And I think I just, I'm really good at having my characters be really mean to each other. So that when they eventually get together, it's just like not realistic because they've been too mean. Um, but yeah, when, when, it, when you get it right, it's, it's just, it's such good reading. Cause like, I love um, quick snappy dialogue. And I think a lot of the enemies to lovers background is basically constant sparring, particularly mm-hmm. verbal sparring. And this idea that um, eventually they only get satisfaction from sparring with each other and that just develops into feelings. It's just so good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the classic playground thing of like, oh, the they're only mean to each other because they like each other exactly, and they're scared to admit yeah. their actual feelings. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about me, Melissa? Similar vibes? Yeah, I'm the same actually. I really like it. But again, find it really difficult to write and mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on why. Yeah. Even if so like I quite like to usually look at examples and then sort of try and emulate it. And I, I find yeah. it really difficult with and uh, there's just such a vibe enemies to lovers <laughs> as opposed mm-hmm. to actual written stuff. Yeah. Like you just know it's gonna be good. You can feel the vibe, you're like, oh okay, it's this kind of book and you know exactly what to expect. But like not in a spoiler way, more or less like a really nice promise of what's coming. So I really yes. like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, you usually know it's coming because it'll be in it'll be in the marketing materials. For the <laughs> yeah, <book>. that's true. <laughs> that's <so> true. Every <laughs> TikTok. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think as 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 a writer constructing it, it's so good as a as a device because it just creates. It, it's it kind of a, it's a source of a sort of endless conflict and tension. It's a really good way of making sure that there's always a good pace throughout mm-hmm. the story, right? Because no matter where you are, whether it's a A plot or a B plot, you can always just throw in something that will, they're, they're never quite in sync. So you can always throw something in the, a spanner in the works and you'll just kick off some more conflict. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 
we have to mention that it there's like categories of it. And this is what I was doing a little quick look around the internet. And people do love to break this down because I think they're all quite distinct. It has quite a range to it. So the the things that I found online is you have the traditional enemies to lovers. And this is your stuff like Romeo and Juliet or um, uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, Jon Snow and Agreed, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. where it's like they are established enemies sort of have been at that. It's usually an external thing where it's like, they may not like it's not a personal enemies thing it's a they just are established from two different clans or tribes or whatever um six of crows is the same thing <laughs> slash shadow and bone did they do six of crows and shadow and bone tv series yeah but um <laughs> that's the enemies to lovers is like established they are against each other yeah. whether that's personally or, or 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 bigger and then the one that i saw which is which I kind of realized as I was going through this, I think is actually more broadly used is haters to lovers. Uh, Is that different? Okay. And like these are, you know, we're kind of loosely looking at these. Um, It's hard to kind of, there's a nuance to all of them, but this is more like um, the, it's more like a personal thing or Mm -hmm. like there's a reason. So uh, the the examples that I had was like um, Han Solo and Leia in star wars yeah like there's nothing there's nothing that sets them apart as like 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 socially really other than he's like a rapscallion yeah uh but like they they just at at first they very much don't like each other because he thinks she's spoiled and she thinks he's a stinky uh pirate boy um (laughs) and (laughs) and then there's other uh, the ugly truth one of jared butler's many uh, forays into this uh where he like they're both like they do like talk shows or they're both like talkers about romance and relationships but they they hate each other because they have such opposing views mm. um 10 things i hate about you 10 things i hate about you yes i mean i assume they hate each other right it's called 10 things i hate about you i think she yeah, hates, she she hates, hates everyone, everyone. <laughs> yeah that's it. she hates everyone she okay, hates the world kind of cheating. <laughs> which is just it's just the taming of the shrew right it's yeah that's it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I had um, Stardust, which I love. Oh, that's um, brilliant. Yeah, what a good good thought. Where he, he like seems nice and then he literally chains her up and she says, <laughs> she says something like, uh, what did she say? Um, nothing says like- romance like the gift of a kidnapped, injured woman. <laughs> 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 um, but obviously that resolves. So I think the, the distinction there is, is that there, it's, a, it's like a personal gripe against the other person as opposed to a like a pre-established thing like Romeo and Juliet Mo- their Montagues and Capulets there's no real personal issue between them which is why the romance happens easily but they know that they should be enemies yeah it's mm-hmm. like if they're opposites yeah because I was just thinking when you were saying that would you count and I don't know if this is maybe something to do with so the whole thing in the Hunger Games is that Katniss hates Peter because checks notes he didn't throw he didn't throw her some bread in a polite way i think in the way <laughs> <laughs> she like really hates it like she hates that it's guy really she's specific. like oh i could kill that guy she literally throws him against a wall and it's like who are you that's that's haters to lovers and see yeah. i didn't think it was because of that i i thought she hated him <laughs> because she was weak in front of him I thought she more hated herself. Oh, an insecurity. Yeah. yeah and, I think and it the probably fact is more nuanced. Thing. He I mean, then responded lie. to it and <laughs> tried to help her and she had shown weakness and she hated that he knew that part of her that needed help. Yeah. I don't know. On the hollow day. 
Naomi yeah. took a much much deeper take on that. Chill out. You got some bread. Like, calm down, girl. <laughs> he threw that bread weird. <laughs> he did, yeah. he did throw it into a puddle. It would annoy me. <laughs> yeah, I'll give her that. To be fair, actually, you know what? Yeah, fuck. no, I'm joking. <laughs> Keep your bread. <laughs> there was another another form of this though, which is I think, um, and we'll get on to that this can be a bit problematic at times, but this mm-hmm. is the probably the least problem. This is the most realistic one. I think in real life is the rivals to lovers, which is something oh, like, Oh yeah. Like Ash Ketchum and Gary Oak. In they don't Pokemon. get together though, right? I'm sorry. I don't haven't read they? that fanfic. Don't but, they? Um, <laughs> oh dear. What have you been watching? This is so much fanfic, right? Because <laughs> yeah, this is, is, this is, is my Malfoy Hermione fanfic. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, non-fanfic like the hating game is this um how to lose a guy in 10 days i think is kind of this because they they get put in a situation where neither of them has any grudge against the other one per se um they're both trying to achieve different things for different reasons i don't know if you guys remember that movie i don't Um, yeah actually matthew mcconaughey kate hudson yeah, but he was in so many, though. Like, <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> That's true. I can't differentiate. He did a whole run at one Sorry. point. Sorry. Um, and then there, there's th- this this one. I think is quite common in TV series. Um, yeah, this is what happens in kind of in Castle. I thought Brooklyn Nine Nine is a good example of this with Amy and Jake. Oh, that's brilliant! Yeah, yeah that's really yeah. good. That's my favorite. They're I the think. best. Yeah, they're the yeah. best detectives in the precinct. Yeah, yes. in constant competition. Mm-hmm. And and it's but it's kind of very. Uh, it's like a healthy competition. Yeah, mostly, they're kind I of think. rivals. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then that kind of draws them closer. And then I think the healthy thing about rivals is that it can be like, that can be part of the attraction in like a mm-hmm. proper way where it's like, yeah, yeah, that's so true. You're brought together by the fact that you're both like very competitive about this thing. Or yeah. And something. you already have and something in common. I love those. That's a really good point. I hadn't really mm-hmm. thought about that but those specifically i do really like and maybe it's just it gives you more to play with with the character where the yeah. romance doesn't have to be super a plot mm-hmm. yeah so i quite oh, like yeah, that. yeah 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 those the i, I don't know if it is it, it feels like with rivals to lover stories there's it's usually like parallel plots because the it's not necessarily yeah. a or b the rivals part yeah and it, there's exactly. a lot of forced proximity there's a lot of like two people working in an office yeah and yeah. they have to like both do something like set it up was another um oh yeah one that was i saw right, recently yeah. on tv do you do you remember what women want <laughs> yes yeah, 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 <laughs> that, yeah that's yeah. kind of like rivals in an office together yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. very well. common in hallmark films at christmas <laughs> super common they go back to their small town oh yeah, and yeah there's a lad there yeah. who is really wanted to be a chef but her company wants to buy his dad's restaurant <laughs> and so it's like rivals yeah that's yeah. super common yeah that's that's true but yeah but it's just it. such a it's such a friendly trope like a friendly way to do this trope i think mm-hmm. in many yeah. ways I had some that kind of straddled. I, I didn't know if they were one or the other, which I think I'm guessing a lot of people will initially say pride and prejudice, haters to lovers. Yeah. Right. But I would put forth <laughs> that both Mr. Darcy and um, Elizabeth Bennett, their motivations are primarily fueled by their desire to protect their friends and family. Yes, that's interesting. So in that mm-hmm. way, I would argue they could you could see them as rivals. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like opposing interests, yeah. But yeah. I think realistically it's haters to lovers. Also like, common. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can see um, that. Which is probably the most famous uh 
what part use of the trope i think mm-hmm. did she invent it jane austen do you think she invented most things <laughs> yeah that's so, so true <laughs> <laughs> she invented most of the romance tropes yeah. she was there okay. first basically yeah. <laughs> here's, here's one that's in contention so buffy obviously you've got enemies to lovers with spike Bobby. right <gasps> of brilliant yeah but is angel a rivals to lovers Oh yeah, I was going to say he was, and I was just thinking. When you were I going. don't, I don't know. I think he still counts as an enemy because he is a vampire. But doesn't he? And she's the vampire slayer, so technically they are enemies. But doesn't he hunt vampires? Well, doesn't he? He like he doesn't want to be yeah. a vampire, right? He doesn't know, and he does hunt vampires. But he still is one. <laughs> He's taken her patch. <laughs> Maybe she took his patch. Actually, he's older. Yeah, he been there first. I'm sure. <laughs> Maybe he's both. He's he's everything to lovers. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Perfection. Um, what do you guys think? Because I know that the, this I, um, this trope is. I think we're I think we're all in agreement that we all kind of love it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, like Melissa said, when we did love triangles, uh, there's a part of us that's like, mm, my toxic trait is that I love this, <laughs> even though I know it can be bad. Um, what do What do you guys think are the kind of problematic sides of this? Um. So I have a good example of a bad one, and I think mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. does lead into the problematic area. Um, so it wasn't in the movies, but it's in the books. Um, Cla- Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter. And I think what? that is effed up. <laughs> I didn't know that happened in the books. Yeah. No, yeah. So Was he younger in the books? I don't think. I don't know because she has. Now I'm picturing has, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, I and, know, right? right? She has daddy issues, and he lost a sister, and they both kind of look at each other for those things, and it's no, yeah, and because like obviously he's a criminal, and she's a cop. Like uh, to put it mildly, yeah, he's a you know, <laughs> he didn't just like steal just someone's bit, handbag. <laughs> he's a klepto, yeah, of body parts. Um, so. I don't like that. I think that is problematic. And I think when you introduce mm-hmm. a romance in that kind of scenario, um, it's so unhealthy um, mm-hmm. that it's problematic. So that that was one for me that was a giant red flag. I did not enjoy that one. Is it is it like posed as, as part of the kind of like, obviously um, the Silence of the Lambs and those stories are sort of very dark psychological yeah. thriller kind of things. Is it posed as like, this is bad or is it sort of slightly romanticized? Um, I, I've i only read it once and I don't really remember. <laughs> and I will never read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, I think it was more the fact that they both have like major issues and they were like using each other to um, yeah, explore weird. those issues. It was Blech. just kind of like really strange... Um, so yeah, I don't know if it was romanticized as such because I don't think. Oh, is that why? Is that why in the Hannibal television show? Yeah, he has a sort of pseudo romantic, non-physical yeah. relationship with um, I forget the character's name, but the main uh, character Will. in that Will. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking the same thing actually. Mm. Yeah, because he's quite obsessed with them, isn't he? Yeah, they're obsessed very with each other. Very yeah. protective of him, which is a big thing in this trope. Hmm. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. But there is one uh, similar sort of vibes. Um, Luther. Have you ever watched Luther? 
No, actually. Uh, um, yeah, I've, I've watched bits of Luther. So there's a, a criminal in that called Alice, I think. I can't remember her surname. And she's, she's played by Ruth. Oh, I can't remember her surname. She's really good. <laughs> and um, that that kind of, they don't really get together. You don't see them kissing or anything, but like you get the impression that like, uh-huh. you know, something's going on. And that is really cool. I really like that because she um, is basically a murderer, but she's really like, I don't know, she's really charismatic and charming. There's <laughs> something about her. <laughs> so it's, it's fine. Yeah. And Luther's Luth just like, I don't know, they're, like, just, they're just playing this constant game against each other, like who can win. And so mm-hmm. the fact that they get together, I just think is kind of cool, even though it's like really bad. So that works but, for me, but um, Clarice Starling and Hannibal Lecter does not work. But Luther is always posed as deeply damaged, not a role model. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's quite gritty, isn't it? Whereas you want Clarice yeah. to do the right thing. Whereas mm. you think Luther may not necessarily yeah. do the right thing. So, yeah. it's. I guess that's kind of like a harder version of Batman and Catwoman. Mm. Yeah. But that's she, interesting. She's, I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't know the, all the backstory that well, but as far as I'm aware, she's mostly just a thief and she doesn't really hurt people. Yeah. So she's kind of like a scallywag. But a little she's bit out for herself. Super evil. Yeah. 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 There's definitely parallels there, I think. Yeah. So sorry, we were talking about problematic, and I went off on a tangent. So. <laughs> well, they were problematic. Those were to be problematic. Fair. Yeah, they fit. No, they good. totally fit. Um, <laughs> does it count if it's problematic, but not because of like, like you really should have better morals and a better moral compass, but just more? I think it was really poorly done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have, I have one that I just think. <laughs> yeah. I actually have one, and I'm like, there's. I can't. I couldn't be bothered to identify the issues with it other than it's just so badly done. But what, you go on. What's the one <laughs> the, that you're thinking of? The one of? I was thinking of, especially if you read the companion novel, Midnight Sun, is Twilight. Uh... Like in Twilight, she sets it up and she's going to be like, yeah, this is totally enemies to lovers. But really, the only enemies to lovers in there are Jacob and Edward. Like, let's get real. Like, they're not the really real enemies, story. are they? Like, oh, she, I just want to eat her so much. Oh, he hates me because he stares at me with his black eyes. And I'm like, this is not, you're pretending they're enemies, but they are not, sir. <laughs> that would be so much more interesting if a werewolf and a vampire got together. Yeah. Right? Imagine the babies. If Edward and. <laughs> Jacob got together. Just, yeah, or just like a vampire and a werewolf. Why not? Like, that would be really interesting. Way <laughs> yeah. more interesting than Bella. <laughs> becoming yeah, a pretending vampire. Pretending to yeah, hate yeah. Edward and Edward pretending to hate Bella. Yeah. Bella becoming a vampire <laughs> is the equivalent of like retelling Romeo and Juliet and just adding like someone from some other family to come and like, <laughs> marry Romeo. Well, she reads Romeo and Juliet, doesn't she? <laughs> of course in she the books. does. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes up a lot. Well, since you brought up Twilight, I was mm. going to say problematic things that I, the, the, the main thing, and I, you know, you kind of covered this uh, with, the, with the Hannibal Lecter stuff, is it's the promotion of toxic traits or um, sort of romanticizing um, characters treating each other in sort of cold, rude, or, or like sometimes even violent ways. And then often rewarding characters for said things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Twilight's, you know, Edward spends most of the books gaslighting um, all the other characters, I guess. <laughs> Everyone's gaslighting everyone in Twilight all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Does it even uh, count as gaslighting if everyone's doing it? <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, everyone should just not trust anyone it's just in the Twilight. Way it communicates in Fox, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and I think. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think as a writer, there is some responsibility to think about your audience and how, mm-hmm. you know, who you're writing for and, and how that might affect them and how it might be interpreted. Yeah, yeah. Be- yeah because that's fair. the difficult thing is you want both parties to be likable enough that when they get together, it's it's what you want. Mm-hmm. And yeah, when you've got people gaslighting each other on both sides, you just like don't really care about either of them. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's hard to root for Jacob or Edward when it's like, yeah. you're both insane. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why they should be together. <laughs> <laughs> you're perfect for each other. <laughs> um, speaking, of, um, speaking of like, you know, looking at the, the different characters, I thought that there was an interesting thing here with, um, I, and part of the reason I think that this trope in particular is is really popular and, and sort of successfully done a lot of time is because it kind of sets up a situation where you as a writer have to clearly establish um, each of the characters independently of each other because they need to start out as enemies, which means they need to have um, at least one point of conflict. So it's very hard to write a one one-dimensional enemies to lovers characters Mm -hmm. because they'll have to at some point they'll grow and and kind of evolve into each other and the relationship of of, but but they do have that they'll have to have separate starting points and i think often that works in stuff because um you you clearly identify each of them individually before like in real life when couples get together and they can the edges start to blur and it's like they identify more as a couple than two individuals Mm. does that make sense yeah. yeah, no, that totally makes sense. It makes me think of um, my, f- like, when I was little, I had the tape of this and I would, like, play it over and over and over. Um, the Anastasia animated film. Oh, that mm-hmm. is so good. Yeah, the Don Bluth one. Yeah. And it's Meg Ryan and John Cusack. Yeah. Play. And they set up so well, like, the story of how, like, he was there when she was young and they attacked the palace and then yeah, obviously they come brilliant. apart and then and then later they come back together and they, they really dislike each other. They really rub each other up the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But then they rub each other up the right way uh, and it's fine and they get together. So, um, yeah, I always really loved that one. And that was definitely an enemies to lovers yeah. type that, scenario. That, was, that had quite good dialogue in it. That was also dialogue based because he had like a chip on his shoulder that he was poor. <laughs> yes. And um, she was quite happy to pick it, pick it. It was funny. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed yeah. that one. Mm-hmm. It was. It was really good. Based on the the like TikToks and shorts and stuff that I've seen about this trope, people seem to love near constant bickering yeah. that builds up to the the eventual getting together. Uh, it's a book that does that really really well. It's To Kill a Kingdom by Alexander Christo, and it is so good. Like the two characters, um, they really don't like each other, and at the mm-hmm. beginning they're just constant arguing but it's quite funny and it's obviously about who can win the argument. And then eventually they just, because they don't get that stimulation from anyone else, they almost, they just keep constantly just go to each other to like have a bit of a verbal spa. And it's (laughs) just like, you know, they're obviously just two peas in a pod basically. And you just want them to get together because they're just so funny. So yeah, yeah, that book does it really well. I would, have you, what was, (laughs) what was the really bad one that you had, Melissa? (laughs) <laughs> what oh, it's really bad Twilight. Yeah. I would say that there isn't any enemies to to lovers in Twilight, though. Well, no, exactly. But she obviously set it up as that, especially if you read Midnight Sun as well. Oh, it's supposed to be, really? She obviously thinks he hates her for no reason, and of course, he's like, "I hate her because she will expose me to the humans." <laughs> blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. 
Yeah. But he just can't so she obviously stay said away. out that way. This coming yeah, from but... this coming from the guy that went and stood on the steps and like took his right? top off in this. <laughs> <laughs> that was his choice. So, <laughs> um, the- join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. Fifteen thousand one seventy eight average based on twenty percent below average MSRP from all twenty twenty three Grand Cherokee Overland four by e and Summit four by e models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by four one. Jeep is a registered trademark. The really bad one I had, mm. and and this is just bad because it did actually happen, and I was like, was well, like no, I I didn't know, was um in the new star wars with ray and kylo ren oh my goodness that was awful <laughs> right yeah that was shoehorned in wasn't it it's like, like the last 10 seconds of the movie it. quick yeah <laughs> i was like well there's i never felt any tension between these two no, perhaps there was something no. interesting with the long-range communication that could have been explored but it was never sexual there was all romantic no. there was no chemistry i totally no, agree was, when they kissed i was like uh it's almost like watching your brother and sister kiss it just wasn't <laughs> It was not good. Which yeah. they've already done that before, having the brother and sister kids. We yeah, don't need it again, yeah, yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> Come on. So classic Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, <then you> <laughs> classic Star Wars. Okay. You do need the chemistry, though. I think, like, mm. enemies to lovers, the fun of it is when they're, like, yelling at each other, you mm-hmm. kind of sit there with a little smoke face because you're yeah, like, oh, I see it. Like, I, I get see it. it. Yeah, they yeah. don't yet. I love it. <laughs> yeah, and it's so much fun. And if they don't have chemistry, and especially if you're watching, like, a movie mm-hmm. and obviously got two actors, <laughs> if they don't have chemistry, it does not work. Yeah. Like, you can't no matter how well written it is they have to you have to be like begging them to kiss that's yeah. the entire point yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the, the fight's happening and you're kind of like the the endorphins of like seeing a fight and it's like oh exciting fight are mixed yeah. in with the oh my god please make out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh my god their faces are so close together we're only human we're simple beings <laughs> that's it it's all about it's all about the build-up what is the what's the converse of 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 this I, I guess it's just friends to lovers yeah mm. and we talked about doing an episode on that and we kind of decided that it's all in the title really yeah you know what's going to happen in friends to lover story they're already friends yeah either there's not enough be, conflict yeah they'll either well the conflict is usually a love triangle where someone who's mm. never going to end up with one of them yeah comes in yeah and Gail. then ends up with Gail. <laughs> <laughs> looking your way <laughs> yeah it's it, you know, not, absolutely nothing wrong with it. Friends to Lovers, I think, is of. We're going to talk about a lot of romance trips in the next few weeks, but I think Friends to Lovers might be one of the ones where I'm like, this almost 100 percent of the time has to be a B plot because it can't just be yeah. the A plot. Yeah, yeah, that's very true because it's just it, the the great thing that I really like about building is. So I've written something recently in January that has enemies to lovers, and I've definitely not nailed it yet because it is really hard to write and mm. like. I need to like edit it, make it much, much better. Mm-hmm. But it does add easy conflict for yeah. you. It's a really yeah. nice vehicle to put a bunch of conflict. Like for instance, the rivals one, so easy. Like what's um what's that one called with Reese Witherspoon? The election or something where she's trying to be class president and it kind of creates this whole thing that obviously the other person trying to be class president obviously fancies her. 
and mm. therefore but if one of them win then they'll be separated so it gives you that really neat character arc of if they get the thing that they want which is win the tournament win the thing then the other person's sad and they don't get what they need which is like each other mm. so it's just really easy nice plotting and from a plotter perspective it's great because it just yeah. gives you a plot it's like a gift of a plot yeah and I really like that. And I don't have a problem with that either because I always think like it's characters first. And as you said, Jamie, like the characters have to be really good, both characters and enemies to lovers anyway. Mm-hmm. They have to have really solid backgrounds. So yeah. yeah, that's why I really like it. Whereas friends to lovers, it doesn't give you a plot. So it's harder in a way. Yeah. Yeah. The only ones I can think of are like the kind of, I think, like we talked about them in the other episode, the kind of like slow burn, long stretched out ones. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. is it one day? Mm, yes it's like 20 years yeah and the one the one with um too much love rosie the other one yes love rosie very similar plot those two but i mean plot wise they're very slow they're they're not like they're very simple slow plots it's essentially just kind of documenting someone's life through Mm. many years yeah and it gets it's interesting what you were saying as well about tv series because have you seen um never have i ever on netflix no. no um oh it's really good it's about them this girl and her dad passed away when she's young and her dad was obsessed with um i cannot remember john mackerel the tennis player so john mackerel narrates the show of this teenage oh, girl's thoughts yeah. it's amazing another one that funny. very funny i think it's mindy kaling wrote it yeah. Yeah. i want to say yeah, mindy okay. kaling i think so it's very very funny and they have a storyline all the way through of she has a rival at school for like to be the best in the class and to be the valedictorian and everything. And obviously there's like chemistry there that they're always fighting because Mm -hmm. they have to hate each other. And that does it quite well, even when they renew the series, because you can invent other things to keep them apart because they are literally rivals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 Yeah. I wonder if there's a love, there must be a story that does this where there's a love triangle and then the two rivals for the uh, third person end up together there must be right I, it seems it seems like such a good fusion of tropes that's brilliant yeah i can't think of one i'm gonna write that thanks <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great i did have one uh going quickly dialing back to toxic ones um i've just seen my note here about uh groundhog day Oh yes, that okay. is that is bad. Because it's him and his producer. Yeah. And they and, and she knows that he's an interminably mm. vain bore. Right. Who's obsessed with himself. But then um obviously he you know, he he gets stuck in the one day, he loops and then uh, even though he in quotes grows as a character, he kind of like you, it is implied that he understands his flaws by the end and becomes a better person. It's still extremely problematic that he basically yep. solves. He he treats it like a combination lock, and he solves the right you know uh, order of phrases to say to her yeah. to eventually get her to sleep with him. Basically, but she never does though. Like, does she not? No, she never actually sleeps with him, and he, I think he gets really frustrated with it and abandons that plan. Um, so and I, then he eventually becomes in quotes good. Yeah, so I think yeah. that's why it's redeemable because it's like, okay, fine, she's just not that kind of girl. She's just never going to sleep with me on the first date. Fine, I'll go away and do something else for a while, and he does. <laughs> but the fact that he tries so hard to do mm-hmm. it is really, really unlikable. Yes. Yeah, yeah. that's true. 
because he's just trying to manipulate her. So like he's like, "What do you drink?" Oh yeah, I drink that too. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. let's go. Uh, how many kids do you want? Oh, me too. Yeah, you know, it's just like really, really toxic. Oh yeah, he starts doing cycles where he's literally like taking notes, isn't he? Yeah, of everything that she says. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There wasn't. The, there was a. There was a more modern movie that did a similar thing and, and it was very much called out for being problematic. Oh, really? I can't remember what it was. Yeah, but it was essentially the same thing where it was like this guy, but I think the idea was that it was his best friend who he'd always been in love with and he had a chance to go back in time and like ask her out when he was, when they were younger uh, and he, but he got oh. to keep reliving that. So he eventually like could figure out how to, how to do it. That's, isn't that like hmm. 13 going on 30 where she's really mean to her now? friend and then in the future he's really fit. And so and like really successful and stuff oh, when no, she's that, 30. That is so then they go back to when she's 13 and she goes and kisses him in the spin the bottle game. Yeah, oh, so no. that he doesn't yeah. end up with that girl later on. Right? Yeah. Jennifer Garner and then um, Mark Ruffalo question mark yeah. maybe not. No it is. Like it's yeah, Mark it's Mark Ruffalo. Ruffalo. Okay. <laughs> so I remembered. Yeah. That's really bad. Yeah, that is like the plot, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I'm misremembering it. <laughs> Are they enemies though? Does does that count as part of the? No, trip? they're like no, childhood no. best friends. Yeah, and okay, then that's... she's horrible to him because, well, uh, as per usual, this thing of because he's overweight, mm. all the girls are like he he who has to kiss him in the spin the bottle game. He's so gross. Yeah. And then he's Mark Ruffalo. And it's like, <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not good. So, in conclusion, um, I think. Uh, it's 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 such a compelling um you know it can be it can be toxic but as a trope as a kind of story hook as a means of creating conflict and intrigue and building up to yeah. a romance this is such a compelling way to write a story i think the the thing to be for me like the thing to be careful of if you are a writer coming into this is that it can be treacherous and like you should definitely be double checking that you are, I mean, you don't have to, you know, this is fiction. We can write whatever, but <laughs> you don't want to be promoting like unhealthy traits and things like that. You can, everyone has unhealthy traits and we all have our own, you know, toxic traits, but <laughs> mm, what? I feel like with this one, you need to tread a line because if you go too far, yeah, it, it, it can be like, it can be an issue and you can be like, Oh no, this is actually, yeah, I'm like celebrating. Yeah. It's a delicate balance. Yeah, especially if you were enjoying it, and then it pulls off, and you're like, "Oh, I feel gross now." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's like, no. "Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't like that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think when we come to the tier list for this, this is going to be one where I will put it in a much lower grade than how much I actually enjoy it. If that makes sense. Mm. Seeing so it like objectively. Yeah, I will try. And, I'll try and be as objective as possible, but I like. I love this trope. Like this yeah. is this yeah, is probably I mean, I read a lot of fantasy, so this is like the this is the main romance yeah. trope in yeah, fantasy. Absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? What's your conclusion on it? Um, yeah, love it. Even after dissecting it, still love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Try I really it from like my it. cold dead hands. <laughs> True. I mean it I'm writing good. it. Well, you know, I think two of us are writing it right now. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go. <laughs> being objective two of us are writing and let's go <laughs> <laughs> yeah not biased at all but <laughs> listen it's guys the it's best. the best yes, <laughs> thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode to stay tuned to everything we're up to you can follow the podcast on all socials at the chosen tropes follow melissa at meliva naomi at naomi g writes and jamie at jamie x greenwood 
don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.